0: All seven of these parables let me put it clearly are not in themselves crystal clear but they become very instructive and very illuminating when Jesus interprets them. So notice verse 11 To you it has been granted. To you God has granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now You say, well, what is a mystery? It's not uh, like real mysterious, man, like a mystery, like we would use this. But it is something that we would never know if God didn't reveal it to us. So he says, I'm using these parables to open up things you would never get
1: to on your own from my Word. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, God Reveals Mysteries. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started.
0: Jesus made crystal clear who it is that is related to him. You remember they brought his mother and his brothers to him. Someone said there was a crowd around him. They couldn't even get to him. And this occurs in the other Gospels too, uh, this same scene. And they said, Hey, your mom and your brothers are here. Well, Jesus took that opportunity to say, and I'll read it, verse 47, excuse me, verse 48. He answered the one who was telling them this and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Who are really related to me? Jesus often had a way of getting right to the issue. Behold, stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever shall do the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. What is the will of his Father in heaven? Well, we don't have to guess. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 40, Jesus said, This is the will of my Father. I want to listen. This is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Are you rightly related to God? Can you come into God's presence with a blamelessness? I look at my own sin, my failures, my thoughts, my words, my deeds... And I would have no chance of standing before a righteous God with anything but just complete dread. But there is one who took my place. He came into this world, he says in Matthew 20. He came to give his life a ransom for many. Christ died in my place, and God sees me. And you, if your faith is in Christ, he sees you in Christ. And we can come right into his presence because... Of his son. This is the will of my father that everyone who sees his son, Jesus Christ, and trusts him, have you put your trust in him, you can have eternal life and know that you can come into his presence. He says, I myself will raise him up on the last day. John 6, verse 40. Well, let's get into that's where we left off, chapter 13 then, and I see this as a major hinge in the gospel of Matthew in the sense that well you'll see it as we as we watch it unfold on that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea and great multitudes gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole multitude was standing on the beach he got into a boat to kind of get out of ways from the crowd around him. And I would assume it, the water helped magnify his voice as it does. If you've ever, you know, you're out fishing and you, you tell your kids to be quiet because it is, you don't, it, it echoes and it, it, it's a resounding. So he got out in this boat and he gives in this chapter, uh, seven parables in this scene. And, uh, he, uh, whether it's intentional or not, I'm going to draw your attention to it. Verse one: Jesus went out of the house. Increasingly, he has been spurned by the house of Israel. Matthew is a Jewish gospel. He's come to the Israel, but they're spurning him, and he is increasingly rejected. He's outside, you might say. Turn over to Hebrews 13 for just a moment, because uh, Hebrews 13, verse 12 and 13, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered, where? Outside the gate. Remember? Remember? They took him outside the city where they crucified the common criminals. He suffered outside the gate. Hence, verse 13, let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. The scripture uses this language. um, And in fact, the, the Bible taught it even in the types of the Old Testament. Look at verse 11. The bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. The book of Hebrews is explaining how the Old and the New Testament fit together, and the sacrifices were taken outside the camp. And Jesus was led outside the city, and the Holy Spirit tells us by the author of Hebrews, we should go outside and bear his reproach. Identify with the rejected one. Well, he goes outside the house, and uh, there's but there's a great multitude with him, and uh, they gathered about him so that he got into the boat to teach them. And verse 3, he spoke many things to them in parables. He spoke many things to them in parables. Seven parables in this chapter. The parable of the sower, the parable of wheat and tares, the parable of the mustard seed... The parable of the leaven in the dough, the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the dragnet. Uh, The first four are spoken to the multitudes, okay? I just note these things before we get right into it. Everybody that was there, he gave four parables to, and then... Look at verse uh, 36, then he left the multitude and went into the house, and he gives the last three parables, not to the multitudes, but to his own, his disciples. I just watch for things like this, and I bring them to your attention because I think they're instructive. Uh, three of the parables, three of the seven, are interpreted for us. Uh, Four of them are not. That makes, I think, the three that Jesus explains very key and very significant. And actually, we ought to interpret all of them with our eye on Jesus' interpretation that he gives us because he doesn't leave us guessing. The disciples said, What did you mean by that one? And he'll explain. He explains the uh, parable of the sower and the seed. Uh, very clearly, and I think it is the key parable, probably, of the seven. He explains the wheat and the tares, and he explains the parable of the dragnet. Now, a parable, you might be saying, what is a parable, anyway? Well, it comes from two Greek words that were put together, para, which means beside, and ballo, which means to cast or throw. And so, to cast beside to throw down beside. And it's very simple when you think about it. We use parables. Uh, A parable takes something, some everyday story. I mean, they lived in a world where the farmers, (laughs) and just about everybody was a farmer, went out and sowed seed like this, (laughs) casting it out. Okay, well, that was an everyday occurrence. They understood that. Well, then he'd take something every day and throw it down beside some spiritual truth that he would teach. And that's what a parable is. Take something every day, like a fisherman with a dragnet. My cousin used to be a, a uh, gill netter, and I went out in his gill net boat, and we'd string out this big net, and you'd drag it along and catch stuff. You know? We understand those things. Well, everybody that he was talking to, they lived in a world of agriculture and Fishing, and you know, they understood this the everyday thing, and then he cast down a spiritual truth beside it. That's all really a parable is. Now, before we look at the key one, because the very first one, behold, verse three, the sower went out to sow, and that is recorded for us in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I think it explains so much about the process that God does in our lives. Uh, this parable of the sower, so we're going to take a good look at it, but before we do, I see it as key uh, because it's interpreted for us. Uh, by the way, I'm not just saying I think the the seed, let's just say it represents uh, you know the word of God. I'm not saying that. Jesus said that, and he doesn't say, I think that He said, they said, tell us, explain that. And he said, the seed is the word of God. And he explains. So we can get a lot of teaching without any fear of kind of being fanciful in our interpretation. So I call this the key one, but I think all three are key. The sower, the wheat and the tares, and the dragnet. He explains all three of those, and it helps us, as I said, with the four. But before we do that, I'll read it Uh well, no, I won't. I'll read it in a minute. I was going The parable is short, three through eight. But I'm going to skip down uh, to nine. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Always, Jesus is saying this, it seems. Listen up. If you've got ears to hear, hear. That's what I was saying in one sense when I said the Bible is the most published, Translated, distributed book of all history, and perhaps the most neglected. If you've got a Bible, read it. And if you don't, I'll give you one. You can buy one. You yeah. uh, know, if you've got ears to hear, hear. So God, Jesus, He wants us to hear His parables. But then I want us to look ahead at verse ten before we get into the parables, because. The disciples came to and said to him, "Why do you speak to them in parables?" They asked him, "Why is it that you use parables?" And our Lord gives two reasons. Look at verse 11 through 13. He answered and said to them, "To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted." For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from them. Therefore I, say to, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now watch this carefully, because I think it often shocks us to hear Jesus speak this bluntly about parables. Uh, They said, why do you use parables, Lord? And he says, well, two reasons. To you, to open up truth, to open up the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them, to hide truth. It's a judgment thing. He says, they... You know, to one, it'll make known God's truth. To the other, it will hide God's truth. Notice the word to them. To them, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they won't see. And while hearing, they will not hear. They don't understand. They don't want to hear. They don't want to understand. And I've watched this unfold in a variety of applications. Jesus' parables are perhaps some of the most misused portions of Scripture's. In the in the whole Bible, so I want to just develop this because he says this so point blank. uh, All seven of these parables, let me put it clearly, are not in themselves crystal clear. Uh, Without Jesus' interpretation, he gives interpretation for three of them, but without the interpretation, they'd just be a story. A guy went and found a pearl of great price. Guy found some treasure and sold everything he had, and dug, you know, buried it, and then dug it up and bought that land. You know, you read these simple stories, and they just tell a story, and they leave us not knowing much. But they become very instructive and very illuminating when Jesus interprets them. So notice verse eleven. To you, it has been granted. To you, God has granted to know the mysteries. Of the kingdom. Now, you say, well, what is a mystery? Well, the New Testament uses the word mysterion. It's not uh, like real mysterious, man, like a mystery, like we would use this. But it is something that we would never know if God didn't reveal it to us. So he says, I'm using these parables to open up things you would never get to on your own. From my word. Turn over to Ephesians, where Paul explains uh, the mystery in a pretty clear cut way. Ephesians 3. Paul is kind of blown away. He stayed blown away that God would use him. And uh, he said, verse 3 of chapter 3 By revelation, there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. And by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. That's a pretty good definition right there of a mystery. Something that was not made known in the past... But God has now made known through his apostles and prophets. When Jesus gives these seven parables, he's teaching us things that we maybe wouldn't know. In fact, we wouldn't know on our own. But he's opening them up for us. He said, to you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now look back at Matthew, and he says, But to them, verse 12, Verse 13, to them, he repeats it. Verse 11, even, at the end of verse 11, to them, it has not been granted. It's uh, to the rest. It's, it's a form of judgment. He puts his truth in ways that they're not going to get. And uh, this is, that's why I say this is a key point in Matthew, because Israel, God came and showed himself to them. I'm your king. I'm the king. And they increasingly rejected him. And for 12 chapters, it gets so bad that he says, You know, I'll tell you who's rightly related to me, not people just by bloodlines. And sadly, in New Testament times and still today, many people think they're rightly related to God by being of the right line. There were many who said, Well, I'm a Jew, I'm a son of Abraham. Jesus said, If you're a son of Abraham, why don't you do the deeds of Abraham? Uh, maybe you are thinking you're okay because you're an American or you're a Christian because you went to church or your folks went to church or you were born into a Christian heritage. (laughs) No. Who's really related to me? Those who understand the will of God and the will of the Father is this. He who beholds the Son believes in Him will have eternal life and I'll raise Him up on the last day. So that's the juncture where Jesus starts telling these parables, and it's surprising to our ears, but it really ought not to be. Look back at chapter 11. Uh, Jesus praised His Father for this same truth. At that time, verse 25, Matthew 11, Jesus answered and said, "'I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth.'" that you hid these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to babes. Don't shy away from that. Why is it that most people don't even want to read the Bible, don't listen to Christ, because that's what we are by nature. He had to take us and reveal these things to us by ba- as babes. And the parables serve this same function now look back at Matthew 13 and he even brings Isaiah into it he says therefore verse 13 i speak to them in parables because while seeing they do not see and while hearing they do not hear nor do they understand in their case the prophet prophecy of isaiah is being fulfilled which says you'll keep on hearing but will not understand you'll keep on seeing but will not perceive For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn again, and I should heal them. By the way, that's the commission Isaiah was given. I want you to go proclaim my word, but they're not going to listen. It's a sobering thing to think of how much truth we as Americans have been given and how hardened we have become. And if you are here today and you haven't put your faith in Christ, and you say, I don't know if I want to, and you kind of keep it at arm's length, just think of the blessings you've had, and don't close your eyes to it like they did in Isaiah's time, and like Jesus said, it applies to the Jews of his generation, and really to all believers. But he says then, but blessed, verse 16, are your eyes. Because they see, and your eye, ears, because they hear. Oh, there's such eternal blessing from listening to the voice of God. Now, looking at the clock, I'll read the story, but we'll just have to wait till next week. But he tells this story, and then he interprets it. Verse three: "Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road. The birds came and devoured them others fell upon the rocky places, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil, and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Listen up. If you've got ears to hear, hear then in verses 18 through 23 he interprets it and i'll read that hear then the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart that ro- that seed that bounced on the road the evil one the devil is more than ready to steal away what you heard this at lunch today as you get back to real life you know we say This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself and is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And he will explain each one. There are four kinds of soil and he explains it. We're out of time, so I will read that story and the interpretation, and we'll look at it because it has so much instruction for us. But every time you come to the Word of God, if you hear it, you'll see an insight into God's gospel, things you could never know when God didn't reveal them. And if you don't hear it, if you will not listen, you become one of those soils, like a hardened path, or rocky soil, or the thorns and thistles of this world just choke it out. So how you hear the word of God is what he's after.
1: You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled God Reveals Mysteries: A Message from Our Study of the Gospel of Matthew. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us in person for our Sunday worship services at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8:30 and 11 a.m. at the church located at the corner of Southwest Murray and Weir Road in Beaverton. You can go to our website at swbible.org for more details. We hope to see you there. If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's Sermon Library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide App. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the Sermon Library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast.
0: Many people who might say they would believe the Bible, they wouldn't want to say, I disbelieve it, yet their whole life is choked out by taking the kids to soccer games, so to speak. You know, getting to work on time, cutting the business deal, just life. Life just, the worries of this world just crowd in, and boy, Sunday's their only day to relax. And so they don't bother going to church. Notice the weeds, the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And then the final one, verse 23, the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil. This is the man who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears fruit, and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty,
1: and some thirty. Join us again next time as we continue in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Scott will bring a message titled, He Who Has Ears, Let Him Hear. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.